Hi. Hi guys. Welcome back to the As We're Learning podcast. A very special episode because we have a guest. We're very excited about this episode with a special guest. But before we get into that, we want to quick talk a little bit about where the podcast is going as we go into the summer. Yeah. So we're both going to be like out of town for a little bit, right? Yeah. So, so we're going to be out of town a little bit over the summer. So we don't really know what recording is going to look like. So it might not be like specifically every other week. It might be every few weeks we don't really know exactly yeah. how it's gonna look like but we just want to let you guys know. but we will also keep you updated on our instagram so if you don't follow, follow us as we're learning podcast on instagram mm-hmm. and it'll also be like linked in the little in the podcast description yeah so with that said we are very excited about today's episode with a special guest sarah hole um do you want to introduce her and say who she is yeah so sarah is a worship leader and a youth leader at faith church in seminole which is where katie goes mm-hmm um, and she went to Covenant College and got a degree in opera, so that's She also leads cool. worship at our school for chapel, which is super fun, um, and we're very excited to get to talk to her today. Yeah. So, here's Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> super excited to be here, and I love leading worship for you guys at Keswick and at Faith Community Church. So, would you like to just start by telling us, like, your story and your testimony? Sure. Um, well, I, I find myself to be fortunate because I do, um, have a family that was very adamant about being involved in church, going to church really often. And from a young age, I have been in church actually at Faith Community Church. My brother went to preschool there. So by nature, like as a baby, I was already in that church. Mm-hmm. I went to preschool there and, um, grew up singing there. So I was like in the children's choir there and I did like the handbell choir, all like the old <laughs> church stuff. <laughs> um, and I think one of the reasons they're really adamant about my parents were adamant about my brother and I being involved in church was also because we went to public school. So like elementary, middle and high school was all public for me and my brother. We didn't go to private school. And so that was interesting when I went to private Christian college because a lot of those kids that are there grew up going to private school so they knew a lot more than me when it came to like the bible or facts or like historical context um because all I really knew was like Sunday school stuff right which Mm -hmm. isn't bad but it didn't give a good you know detailed background of the bible and the word when I went to college there but um so when I was in um church for most of my life to like middle school I was really passionate about Jesus and really bold in my faith in terms of like my public school experience. And I always wore like dresses every day. I went to fundamental school, so like the rule is it has to be like three inches above your knee or lower. And I wear like maxi dresses because I was like this <laughs> modest fashionista. Um, and oftentimes people would make fun of me a lot. And so eighth grade year, which I'm really old, so my, my cyberbullying was on Facebook, not Instagram or Twitter. <laughs> I don't even know if those were a thing then, but um, I got like cyberbullied by a couple of the girls in my class in eighth grade online, and which again, like, aren't your parents on Facebook? Wouldn't they see that? Yeah. Kind of weird. Um, weird. I brought it to the school's attention, nothing really happened with it. And so I. Of course, being my young self, I was like, well, I'll just change myself so I don't get made fun of. Mm-hmm. So being in fundamental school, normally the people in middle school will follow you to high school because there's only a couple fundamental schools. And so I went to Osceola Fundamental for high school. And I 
basically just changed everything I was wearing. So I was no longer dressing modest. I was no longer posting sweet, innocent pictures. I was posting pictures to get attention, like a lot of girls do now, and I've been there. Um, really, like, I would do anything to, to make me feel valued or to get me the attention that I wasn't getting elsewhere. And so with that, um, this is my personal opinion, but if you act like that and you do put yourself out there in that way, normally you don't draw the kind of men you want to marry into your life. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't have the best boyfriends before I met my awesome husband, who I'll talk about later. Um, but essentially in high school, my, my early years, I think like when I was 14 in ninth grade, I was like sexually taken advantage of in a relationship and in that moment I had turned my anger to God and said like you let this happen to me I've I've been nothing but faithful in terms of trying to live out my faith and I've been bullied for that and I've been um you know made fun of and so not only have I tried to do that but now I'm trying to still live a life of like purity and um a good Christian woman and then you allow that to happen to me Mm -hmm. and so then I was angry at God for a long time and um to add to that the next boyfriend after that I had set boundaries and said like this is what we're not going to be doing and he acted like he was okay with that and he was also a Christian at the time and then he ended up cheating on me so like continuously seeing that in order for me to have somebody who actually likes me or is faithful to me, I have to give more than mm-hmm. I'm willing, you know, to sacrifice. Um, and so probably from then forward, I had been in a really just dark place. I had a lot of walls built up. I didn't trust anybody. I didn't really have a lot of friends and I wasn't very nice in high school. So if anybody's watching this from high school, I'm not the same. Um, <laughs> but, um, I was not nice at all. And part of that was, um, on social media, I would, again, present myself in a different light, and so one of the things that had happened, which is a really important part of, like, my shift in my church attendance, was on Twitter, I was in a dark space, so I was liking tweets that were not appropriate in terms of, like, language and and feelings and, like, projection, and so a mom from our youth group at the time printed out my tweets that I was liking, <laughs> um... And she went directly to my youth pastor. She didn't go to my parents. She went right to my youth pastor, who was a male. Um, and he didn't go to my parents. He went to my best friend's dad. And then he went to our lead pastor. And then them, three, had a discussion of basically how to, like, handle me. Like, what should we do with her? Hmm. And when I was calling to my youth pastor's office, I, my mom was like, why? Like, are you okay? Did you do something wrong? I'm like, I don't know. I don't think so. My mom had no idea why I was being called in there, but it was just me and the pastor. That's it. Nobody else was in the room. And essentially, he just said, you know, how you're acting is inappropriate. You should not have any any way of leading in this church. You're no longer going to be singing on stage for a little bit. You need to take some time off from that and work on yourself and really think about your actions. And to me, like, that was, one, the moment that I stopped going to youth group. I was still singing in church months after that when they had allowed me to get back up there, but it was never for the glory of God. Mm-hmm. Like at that point, it was spiteful and for attention. And that was a big part of my worship leading for a long time. And I also created a, a passion now 
that I have found Jesus in helping high school girls know that we can have moments of brokenness and moments where we fall. And so, um, yeah, when I was 14, 15, that's kind of where I shifted out of, out of church and I stopped pursuing Jesus, but I was expecting him to pursue me still. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, I didn't want to put in any work to him though. So, um, fast forward three years, get past high school. I graduate with maybe three friends. I only have one of my friends from high school and she's loved me in every stage. (laughs) But, um, I went to college with a boyfriend I had been dating for about three years from high school to early years of college. And he was very emotionally abusive to me, but again, that's what I thought I deserved. So I stayed with him for longer than I should have. But there was a summer before my sophomore year of college where I sat down one day and I asked Jesus, like, I want to have my identity in you. I no longer want to be taken advantage of. I don't want to be um, stepped all over in order for myself to feel valued. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm tired of feeling that way. And so um, I spent time by myself with Jesus. Nobody else knew I was on that journey at all, but it was just me and Jesus. And I journaled every day. I read the word every day. And it completely changed my heart and my desires. And so I ended up breaking up with that guy. And then... Mm -hmm simultaneously met Logan (laughs) Um, who was like Jesus in real life he's the sweetest man I've ever met in my life and um, when I met him I did tell him everything that I've told y'all in more detail and it was the first time someone had looked at me and said yeah but that was before Jesus so I don't it doesn't bother me you know like you're a new creation in Jesus and so anything that happened before that you didn't even know it was wrong and that was like the utmost amount of grace that someone could give somebody in that situation where I'd already been insecure, right? So um, we ended up dating about two months later and almost to our two-year anniversary, we got engaged and then married after college. And he has helped me and encouraged me to grow. But I'm so grateful too, because I feel like I couldn't have even, like the Lord literally held him off from me Mm -hmm. until I was ready for a godly man and I think a lot of women need to understand that Mm -hmm. that we can't just ask for something that we're also not working towards Mm -hmm. and so for me I I think that was really the turning point was when I decided by myself nobody else was around it was just with Jesus that I wanted to devote my life to him and once I did he gave me like the sweetest gift Mm -hmm. of an awesome husband so um obviously he's in ministry which is the reason why I'm in ministry Mm -hmm. but yeah that's some of them my story. Yeah. That's awesome. That's <laughs> yeah, that's incredible. so cool. So you talked about when you were younger and you were leading worship at church. So when did you kind of make the decision when you were older that you wanted to do, like that you wanted to pursue it in college? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, that's a good question. I think for me, it was kind of, it was always God, but I actually went into college at Covenant as a business major. I wanted to be a wedding planner. And so the only thing that I could do to do that was business because <laughs> we didn't have like hospitality management, which is like the kind of two-year college degree you can get for event planning and things. So I was being a business major, but business at Covenant is really hard. And I was failing my classes. Like I was getting C's and D's maybe in most of my classes. And I was like begging my teachers, like, what can I do? And the only class I was getting an A in was music theory. <laughs> And so I'm like, well, maybe I'm good at this. <laughs> so um, I just trusted the Lord and said, I don't really know what you want me to do with this degree, but clearly it's where I'm doing well and where I actually enjoy my time. And so I switched to music 
And my first intention was to do musical therapy, which I wanted to use to help autistic children um, kind of practice vocabulary through music and access as like a part of their brain that can help them articulate words. Super cool. But um, I had a, a dream for that, and I, I still kind of do, but it's a long degree process, so I probably would only do it volunteering. But so I went in kind of, I don't know, do you want me to perform? Do you want me to be a musical therapist? Do you want me, what do you want me to do with this music degree? And so I got back into leading worship. I took a year off when I was in college. The first year I didn't have a home church. I went to about eight of them and none of them really felt like home. So I just watched ones online every Sunday and I didn't go. And then I met Logan and our first date was church. (laughs) So he asked me to go to Silverdale Baptist Church in St. Elmo, which is right near Chattanooga, Tennessee. And I went there and I met the worship leader and within like two months I tried out and I was on their team. And one of the things that really changed my perspective, of course, was that for once in my life, I was passionate about pursuing Jesus and he had shifted my heart to more of a place of humility, which I had never had in worship. But also my leader in college on that team was wonderful. And he was honest. He would push me in places and challenge me, but he'd also keep me accountable in spaces where I might say something of pride or I might say something from anger or jealousy. Like he would, he would call you out on it. And so it really helped me identify places where I needed growth. And um, I guess I didn't really, I don't know, I didn't really think about leading either like a worship leader, the title of worship leader. I, I always thought about volunteering at churches, but again COVID happened we moved down here Logan was the interim youth pastor at the time of our church and the spot opened up I guess my church had always dreamed I'd come back and be the worship leader (laughs) and so they were like this is great it's a great opportunity and so I started interning and I love it I love I love leading and I think the biggest thing about that that I love is the the relationship part of it leading up um, specifically high school girls I just love that I find way more joy in that than I would in myself leading. Yeah. So that's where the Lord's kind of shifted my heart in worship leading, yeah. That's awesome. If, like, maybe someone's listening that's interested in ministry or, like, what is something that you wish you knew before you started being in ministry or even, like, being married to someone in ministry too? Mm-hmm. Or just, like, to prepare someone if yeah. you want to enter that? Yeah, no, that's a good question. I think... One of the things I wish I knew before being on staff at a church or, you know, whatever ministry you're being a part of, I think one of the things I wish I knew is that in order to, which we know this, but I think the reality of it is undermined, in order to pour out yourself to people around you in terms of of disciple making and fellowship, you have to be poured into Mm -hmm. from someone else. You cannot do that on your own, even if you're just, you know, diving into the word and you're extremely in touch with the holy spirit of of god i i really truly think that having people who are experienced above you who have more wisdom in their walk Mm -hmm. with the lord is essential Mm -hmm. to actually pouring out to people around you so that's one of my pieces of advice is early on before you even maybe you're a member of a church before you start being on staff there and as soon as you become a member there try to find at least one you know if you're a young woman who's single try to find an older woman who may be like a widow, you know, who's, who's been through many points of life to walk you through those moments and try to find those early on so that they can pour into you and you can 
consistently go to them for places of wisdom. As a worship leader, what does worship look like in your own life? Because, I mean, obviously, like, worship for you isn't just going up on stage at church or going up on stage in our chapels. Um, so how do you, like, how does your worship time with the Lord look like? I think it's, like, different in parts of my life. For example, when I was in college and I was volunteering as a worship leader, a lot of, um, we went to college on a mountain in Georgia so, so cool. it was stunningly beautiful and Logan and I still to this day we find so much peace in hiking we love hiking and so like being immersed in the creation of God I think is a really beautiful way to worship Jesus and even if you're just like repeating a bible verse in your head while you're looking around at his creation or um, maybe you're humming lyrics to a song that that just kind of hit you in the moment I think that even those moments are really intimate with the Lord and even just, like, listening to the sound of his creation is almost like music to somebody who's a music nerd like mm-hmm. me. <laughs> you can find, like, pitches and, t- and tempos in creation. And I think that that just shows the artistic ability of our God, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think here, it, it's similar, but it's the beach and it's hot here. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> we can go to the beach and listen to waves and things like that. But we still find so much, like, peace just being in creation. Mm-hmm. So that's a huge part of my worship. Um I specifically like to do yoga a lot, and I do it in my backyard, and I have, like, really pretty palm trees that, like, make really cool noises, (laughs) (laughs) and so even just, even just that for me is a a huge part of my worship, but also one of the things that I had heard from a worship leader years ago was when you are leading worship in a congregational setting a lot, make sure you have your own moments with the Lord, Mm -hmm. just, you know, on a guitar or with a keyboard, just sing to Jesus, and um, that has really been super helpful for me because I think at times there's a, d- a lot of different pressures as a worship leader because you do want the service to go well. You you know, your team works hard. You want their talents to shine through. You don't want to be the center of attention. You want to make sure you're working as a team. There's just so many aspects you think about logistically as a worship leader, but I think the most beautiful moments of my worship have always been at home on the piano just with the Lord and and writing music is kind of a new thing for me too. So That's writing cool. music has been a really awesome way for me to have intimate moments of worship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. So, Okay, wait, that's so cool that you started writing music. Um, like, how did you start that? Like, yeah, um, so I'm currently in worship school at a place called 10,000 Fathers and Mothers. And it's based in Colorado Springs now. It was in Atlanta, but they're newly part of Colorado Springs. And for one of my tracks is what we call it it's basically a semester for one of my tracks it's all about competence so you're learning how to perfect skills and they teach you songwriting so that's like a skill they want all their worship leaders to know because they specify in terms of like being a worship leader for your specific church there's tons of great songs that are written mm-hmm. but sometimes your church is going through a specific season and you want to make something for them and so being able to write music is a way that you can connect with your congregation and a way that you can show love to them in your skills and so I was required to write music <laughs> so I got started writing music but I had always kind of doubted my ability in writing music I've tried before I wouldn't say I've tried Christian songwriting until my worship leading school but as soon as I did I found that one of the ways that I I feel I don't know the Lord has gifted me is my education because melodic writing is super easy for me, and I think a big reason for that is opera, because 
it's really hard to <laughs> sing. <laughs> and the melodies are very intricate and detailed. And so I think that that's something that comes natural to me. You guys know this, but our Christian worship music, you know, era is, is very much similar to every song, yeah. right? There's mm-hmm. a lot of similarities. And so I think for me, my desire has always been to have detailed or intricate melodies that are different mm-hmm. from a lot of worship songs that we know. Um, but writing lyrics for me, how I got started doing that is I just started looking at Psalms mm-hmm. and writing from the Psalms. I love um, Shane and Shane's album mm-hmm. that they wrote mm-hmm. the Psalms yeah. from. And so I've always loved that. And so when I started writing music, I thought, well, if I can't think of lyrics, but I can think of melodies, I'll just look at the Bible. (laughs) I'll just look at the songs the Lord gave us. And that's been a really, really awesome way for me to kind of dive more into scripture and really learn the importance of the Psalms, um, who was writing the Psalms, Mm -hmm. why that's specific to them. And even just like one of the things I'm passionate about as well is writing more songs of lament. Mm -hmm. That's another thing that our worship music is lacking Mm -hmm. is not feel-good songs (laughs) ones that are written from anger or ones that are written from disappointment in God because that's real in the Christian walk and I think a lot of times outsiders who maybe aren't believers look into a believer's life and expect them to not have moments of disappointment or anger at God and that's not what the Bible teaches at all Mm -hmm. so I think having moments of that in worship too is special so that's kind of my background as to how I got started that's awesome Yeah. yeah Um, what does your quiet time look like? Like your time with the Lord? Um, I, I really love quiet time in the morning. And I know that's hard to hear for you guys because your mornings are really early. (laughs) (laughs) And you're probably like really dysfunctional in the morning how I was in high school. But I think there's something really beautiful about starting your day with Jesus. And so um, a lot of times it looks like for me is um, I usually pick a book of the Bible and read through that Mm -hmm. um, one chapter at a time. I also think it's important to, and Logan's talked about this at youth group a little Mm -hmm. bit, you know, if you're on a reading plan and you miss a day because you just had a really busy day, Mm -hmm. there's grace in that, you know, don't try to make up for it the next day, just start where you were supposed to be yesterday. Mm -hmm. It's not a huge deal. And I think um, for me, making it a realistic goal is important. Because if you're taking in so much information, especially like something in the Old Testament that has a lot of historical context, a lot of it is very foreign to most of us, um, it, it does take time to understand it. And so it's important to give yourself a realistic timeline of what you want to read and when. So for me, it's usually a book of the Bible. Um, I'll read that. A lot of times I look up commentaries that go with it. I'm, I'm more of a fan of commentaries than I am devotionals. Mm-hmm. I think devotionals are helpful. Um, I'm not saying they're not great. I just think that at times, the commentaries are written most of the time by theologians that have, you know, studied the word for a long time, and and so um, their insight on the part that you're reading has been really helpful for me. Um, and I think with the commentary and then reading, how that usually works out is I'll journal my response and then I'll pray mm-hmm. and spend time in prayer with the Lord. But another really awesome way that that Logan and I have kind of done it together has been to do the examine prayer you guys don't know what that is you should look it up um it's like probably about five minutes or so and there's like video guidance on youtube you can do it with but essentially it's reflecting on your day with the lord and i think it's a really awesome way to not miss moments that the lord's in your day i think if at times if you don't reflect enough you forget when certain prayers are answered 
Yeah. Or you forget um, that maybe the Lord gave you strength in a space that you thought was on your own, but it wasn't, yeah. right? Like, oh, I responded with so much grace. That was so me. It's like, no, that was a Holy Spirit. Yeah. You're just not reflecting on it. Right. And so I think that even if you can't do it in the morning, reflecting on that, even when you're like laying in bed, just put the video on um, and examine your day. I think it's a really special really special way to acknowledge the Lord daily. Mm. Yeah. What is your biggest piece of advice for like, a high school girl, which, because mm-hmm. that's, like, our audience, pretty mm-hmm. much, um, who's, like, struggling with identity, because you kind of talked about that yeah. earlier. Yeah, I think, yeah, a lot of my testimony, and I told Katie about this a little bit in detail, but a lot of my testimony is from a lack of identity and knowing who I was in Christ. I think one of the biggest pieces of advice that I would give, and if I could go back to the eighth grade Sarah that was bullied, I'd remind her of a life like Paul. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and, and a lot of people in the Bible, the Lord gives us never have easy lives when they're living for Jesus. And so I think even, you know, if it looks different now, we're not getting stoned. We're not getting (laughs) thrown in prison, not here. Thank God. Um, countries, yeah, different countries do. And I think the reality is that even if it is looking different in schools, if it's bullying or if it's online or slight comments that are made about you, when you're being bold in your faith, the Lord is smiling you know, um, like what, what are you truly being bold for? Are you being bold for attention? Are you being bold to look like you're the perfect girl? Or are you being bold to glorify God? Mm-hmm. You know, um, I think that that's the most important thing is finding your intention. Mm-hmm. And I think when it comes to those moments where you maybe are made fun of or people say rude comments to you, remind yourself that most of the time when comments like that are said, it's from a weakness of someone else. It's not from a lack of something you are or um, an ugly part of you. That's not normally what it is. Normally, it's from a place of jealousy from the person who's saying that or a place of insecurity. And so remind yourself and and pray for that person. Like if that's what they've said and it hurt your feelings or anything like that, um, I think genuinely having spaces of grace where the Lord Jesus taught us in the Bible where people mocked him, but he had moments of grace to them and mercy that's how we're supposed to react and so don't change who you are a lot of times that's from their own moment of weakness and so pray for that person and um keep living boldly in in your faith I think the times that I was not doing that and I did shift to be the popular one or shift to wear the clothes all the other girls were wearing I never felt fulfilled in that ever and your friends if they're not great friends will convince you that you will and you won't so, again, um, one of the other pieces of advice with that is surround yourself with people who are actually encouraging in your walk with the Lord. Don't surround yourself with people who will make you feel insecure about that or make you feel embarrassed about loving Jesus because those friends will never be friends with you past high school, most likely. Mm-hmm. You know, They're not that important in the grand scheme of your life and in your life with Jesus. So mm-hmm. try to find really good friends. Um, remind yourselves that if somebody is saying something to you out of um, jealousy or insecurity, that that's not your fault. You didn't do anything wrong in that. And and use those moments to show the grace of Jesus because those are the moments they're looking for a reaction out of you. And so try to be consistent in the way that you love other people. Mm. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah. That's awesome. I think in terms of, I don't know, high school specifically, one of the things that I've 
noticed even from being a staff member who's at Keswick four hours a week, four mm-hmm. hours, that's all I'm, I'm there. And most of the time I'm only with my team, right? That That is on worship with me. Um, you would hope, I've never been in a private Christian school, so working at one has been different for me. You would hope that at a school like that, there would be encouragement of living boldly in your faith and there would be uplifting in that and that your peers would be excited for you to be in a, you know, maybe a vulnerable spot of leading worship or speaking in chapel, things like that. Um, And from my perspective, that is not the normal reaction at Keswick. And I'm I'm feeling it's probably similar at spaces like Calvary or, Mm -hmm. you know, other Christian schools. And one of my prayers for Keswick, and I mean, of course, every high school, but I think the most disappointing part of a Christian experience, and even as a ministry director, is, you know, at a public school, you're not really disappointed too much because most people aren't believers. Right. Mm-hmm. But at Christian schools, when people act like that, it can be disappointing. Yeah. And I think, again, um, especially from people who are living bold in their faith, there has to be consistent grace in that with unbelievers and people who claim to be believers because I think we've all been in spaces where we've been that person or we've been that person who's hurting and is lashing out at people. And so I think really what I'm just trying to say is that in moments of brokenness from people, we should be the ones that are loving them in that um, consistently. I think that is what will change culture at spaces like that where it may not be encouraged to be bold in your faith. I think there has to be um, the people who are bold have to almost, you know, come together as a whole and and say, like, no, like, we're going to be bold in our faith. And it's going to be weird if you're not. That's the kind of culture you want, I think. And so if if you're struggling with that, again, try to find people who are trying the same goal and using that almost as, like, a fight against the negative persona of being bold in Christ. That's really good. Yeah. That's really good. I did want to ask you just for fun. Um, mm-hmm. What is your favorite worship song? <laughs> like it can be like all time or just like right now, like this week. Okay. Um, my favorite worship song, as a leader, as a congregant, as a conference, anything. If I'm anywhere, <laughs> and this song comes on, it's consistently my favorite one. It's goodness of God. <gasps> That's my um, favorite. Is it really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I just think it touches a really special part of my heart in terms of my testimony and just seeing, like, looking back and seeing what the Lord can redeem in that and what the Lord has used in the maybe ugly parts of my testimony to love on y'all's age mm-hmm. has been a really sweet blessing. So for me, goodness of God is, like, an anthem for my soul. Mm-hmm. Um, another really great... Um, worship song is for me, Yet Not I, But Through Christ in Me from City of Light. I, I have a special place in my heart for hymns because I went to a PCA college. That's all we sang with hymns. <laughs> um, or like folksy Christian songs, yeah. but most of the time they were hymns. And so I fell in love with a lot of them when I was there. And I think that's more of a modern hymn. Mm-hmm. But just the idea that, again, like we are doing nothing. We're not, we're not breathing today. We're not speaking today. We're not um, driving our cars without Christ. Mm-hmm. There is nothing we're doing without Christ. He's the one who's sustaining every part of our soul. So I think it's a really beautiful reminder, too. Yeah. That's so awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. That was awesome to have you on yeah. the podcast. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah.
All right. Thank you guys so much for listening, um, and then stay tuned for the next episode. Follow us again on Instagram if you do not already, and also go follow Sarah on Instagram also. (laughs) Bye. Bye.